Welcome to the very first edition on Flyers Radio 24-7 of Real Deal Hockey with Bundy and Bill. I'm Bill Melcher along with Chris Terrian. Uh, we were doing this uh, podcast over the summer. Um, Chris and I were. Um, had a bunch of special guests uh, um, you know, around, the, around the Flyers hockey. And um, you're going forward, we're going to be doing a lot of these uh, with people around the hockey world as, as well as with the Flyers. Um, but today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, – you know, the, the flyer season to come, the look around the league a little bit, and uh, just kind of what's going on in the league as we get ready to start the season. It's been 165 days since the Flyers last played a game. That was what they were eliminated by Pittsburgh, not that we've been counting or anything. Coming off of a 98-point season and a first-round exit, I think it's important for the Flyers to, uh, you know, crack the 100-point barrier this season and, and win around. So how are you looking at it going in? Yeah, I'm with you on that, Bill. First off, uh, hello to everybody out there listening. We had a good time this summer doing these podcasts, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with them again this year, too, so have some exciting guests. And, you know, sometimes we'll even go off script a little bit and uh, and, and delve into the, the world of sports in general, but hockey is our, our main ingredient in this recipe, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Bill, especially when you get talking about the Flyers. I mean, it, it, as a team that... I know they never really wanted to use the, the, the word rebuild, but they were clearly rebuilding. They've been in a rebuild mode for a while, even with some of those veteran guys. So now that a lot of the kids have come along, a lot of the younger prospects, and, and I think eclipsing that 100-point uh, plateau uh, is certainly should be one of the focuses this year. Uh, to me, they're not uh, – they, they've closed the gap with the elites, I believe, uh, with the the signing of Van, Van Riemsdyk in the summer, and that should keep them up in the in the fray with teams like Pittsburgh, and probably Washington will be up there again. But uh, I think that's what the Flyers have to eyeball. I think they have to do a good job of that and believe that they're as good or better than those teams. And I think when you look at the forward core, I mean that's that's clearly the big strength of the team. And you look around the league, the the top teams in, in the two conferences are usually teams that have at least two scoring lines, a couple defensemen that can, uh, you know, contribute with some regularity, and, and ideally three lines that can, can contribute because you don't have everybody going at the same time. It just never works that way. You know, I, I think that the addition of JVR, first of all, the Flyers needed some size on the wing. I, I think that, that that helps in a lot of ways. But I also think that this year this year's a pretty critical year for, for Nolan Patrick. And, and I think candidly, I, I don't think he had a great preseason. Um, he looked better. He looked he looked fine in practices. He made some plays. He had some good periods, some good shifts. You know, I, he never he never had a game heading into the season where he took over for an extended period of time. But it it always seemed to me like he was kind of on the brink. And I don't think it's going to be too far into the season where Patrick picks up a little bit where he left off. And honestly, I think I think that's one of the big keys because it, it can't just be the Couturier line this year. I think the Flyers need to get a second line going. And to me, it's a lot to expect. As good of a camp as Mikhail Vorobiev have had, for him to just jump right into the NHL and make an immediate impact. So I really think Patrick is one of is really kind of the the key guy heading into the kind of you know jump off uh, jump off scoring goals. I mean the Flyers were 12th in the league in offense last year, and to me they have the the upside to be you know a, a at least certainly top 10, top top six, top seven kind of kind of team in terms of in terms of goal output. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, and I think the, one of the, the biggest themes this Flyers team has had over the last few years has been secondary scoring, 
uh, a lot of ups and downs. We've been on a roller coaster ride, I think, for you know a few years where they've had a lot of really good time uh, spent playing great hockey, and then other times where they haven't risen to the risen the bar up uh, to meet those expectations. But I think the one key they need this year is that consistency throughout the entire course of the schedule. And you know, if you can have those two lines going, that'll certainly free up uh, that third line if it's indeed Vorobiev, who probably will center that line. Uh, to me, the third line is the most important line in hockey from the sense that they don't really have any responsibility put on them in terms of being checked. So from my standpoint, that line, if you have a really gifted offensive player like Vorobiev, that could open things up for them, uh, as for the Flyers. But, you know, right now, uh, it's going to be, for me, and you mentioned it, Bill, a couple minutes ago, Nolan Patrick. He, to me, is an absolute key factor in this because if you have two lines going, uh, this can make this Flyer team, uh, I, I think if they can get that going and then the production's there, they can be up near the top of the conference all year long. Yeah, and, and I think that uh, you know, at least if at least if they start the season the way that they were practicing the end of the preseason, at least in yesterday's practice, so you might actually see JVR starting out on uh, on Vorobiev's line and Lindblom starting out with uh, with Patrick. They were, of course, a line in the latter part of last season. So, right. you know, there, there's a chance to spread the wealth a little bit. I don't think it's realistic to uh, expect at least that, that Claude Drew has another 100-point season. I, I think it was a career year for him. you know. But if he can get 75, 80 points, that, that certainly is within the realm of possibility for him. And you pick up the scoring around him, you know, then, then you don't need another 102-point season out of him. I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that definitely the, the depth has to be there, and I do think it's there. You know, I think, yeah. I think it's other areas that you look at in terms of, uh, you know, well, for, I mean, first of all, we start, start with the blue line, then we'll work back to bullpenning. Preseason was kind of a little bit hard to judge because there were so many injuries the blue line. You know, Sandheim went down in the first game. He didn't play again to the last two. Um, Andrew McDonald was supposed to miss six weeks. He came back in two, and he clearly wasn't – clear wasn't – I thought, you know, he he wasn't very effective. He really struggled coming that early, and I mean, he's going to go opening night tomorrow night. That's kind of a that's kind of a question mark as to you know where he's at and how the second and third pairings are going to shape up. I, I think that they're first only comfortable with the top pairing of of Ivan Provorov and, and Shane Goss's pair. You know, and, and they have their personnel for, for the other six, or for the other four guys. Um, you know, it'll be some combination of, of Sanheim, Gudis, um, Robert Hay, you know, and, and McDonald. As we talked about Patrick in, in terms of the guys up front, to me, if the blue line is going to take the next step, it has to come from guys. I mean, we kind of know what McDonald can do. You know, we know what Radko Gudis does. So, you know, Gudis needs a bit of a bounce back year. But I think a guy like Sanheim has to take the next step and kind of translate what he did to the AHL, a little bit more to the NHL level. He, he looked good down the stretch last year, but there has to be another level to his game if the Flyers are going to have the, the depth on the blue line of, to compete. Yeah, it's certainly it, – it's going – it is the – well, I mean, you can have a goaltending situation, which we'll touch on in a few minutes, but the defense would be one of the big question marks. And, uh, you know, other than that top pair um, – you know, there are questions, and, uh, you know, clearly there was for Dave Haxtall last year. You know, to me, one of the big mysteries of the entire season, Bill, was uh, Robert Haig last year. Uh, what is it, the last probably 20 games of the year, he just couldn't get back in the lineup. Uh, and that was after a pretty successful, I thought, rookie campaign of playing some pretty solid hockey. So, 
you know, again, I thought uh, Radko Gudis's game fell off last year after the, the suspensions and mounted up, and he just couldn't play his game. Uh, McDonald's still a veteran guy who I believe is a key cog. I know that, uh, you know, he's not the sexiest type of, of player on the ice, but in a lot of the cases, he's a pretty effective hockey player and, uh, and gets a job done. I've played that role, too. Uh, and and it's, uh, it's, it's selfless, and you don't get any praise for it when you're doing a job defensively. But he's, he's, not, uh, he's not a guy that I have any kind of problem with. Sandheim, uh, you know, and again, Morian is out with, uh, with the knee injury, but for me, Travis Sandheim is, a, is another key piece. He has got to take that step. He looked unsure of himself at times last year, sometimes uh, uh, too, too many times in the game. That was recognized by the Flyers. They sent him down. He had the right attitude. He was positive about it. He went down. He improved his game. He got better, and he came back up and was certainly uh, somebody who had looked like he had really taken that in stride and made himself a better player. But they're going. But again, you know, there's going to come a point with this aging group of the core, meaning Giroux, Voracek, Simmons, um, specifically those guys up front, that the the onus is going to be on the young guys eventually to have to step up. Because if this team's going to win with that core, they're going to have to do it soon. The window, again, for those aging guys will probably close again in a couple of years. And right now, though, there is an opportunity for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that's a good point. There, There's that window of time where you still have the the group that's been there for six or seven years. You know, they're, they're still young enough to win. The young guys, if they take a next, the next step, then, uh, you know, then the Flyers are up there. Otherwise... Otherwise, as you said, as the window closes on them, then you're waiting for the, then you're waiting the next, for the current group of young players to, to hit the next level. And then you're waiting for the the Farabies and the O'Briens to, to come along, and it's almost not starting the cycle over again, but it's, uh, you know, but it's maybe a step back to take to take big steps ahead for for a longer window of time. But I think that's why I think that this year is such a critical one. Uh, you know, ideally the Flyers would be going in the, to this year knowing what the goaltending picture is going to look like a little bit better. Um, just in terms of, just in terms of health, you know, um, Brian Elliott was not very effective in, in the, when he came back for the playoffs and uh, the end of the season, we found out why after the season, you know, and, and listen, I mean, core muscle surgery is tough to come back from. That takes, that takes quite a while. And he was not very effective at all in the, in the Pittsburgh series. He had a, he had a shortened summer. And I have to be honest that there were times in camp where I was worried that is he going to be ready to start the season. I think the last game in Boston, he looked much closer to being ready. I mean, statistically, it was fine. 26 saves, 27 shots at a the good second period. But just in general, I thought he looked he looked a lot closer to being where he needed to get to. Um, you know, in games before that, even sometimes when he was making saves, they, they were kind of ugly-looking saves on, on routine shots. I, I think that everybody breathed a little bit of a sigh of relief, you know, when he when he had the good game in Boston. Now he has to follow that up and, follow, you know, take that into the season. I don't think that, uh, I mean, I didn't personally feel comfortable, not with, with Anthony Stollars coming in as a backup, only because Stollars missed a whole year last year. And right. he's had two knee surgeries himself. And, and for the, to, uh, to be the idea, you know, to have the idea that, like, uh, you know, Brian Elliott is one tweak away from all of a sudden your Anthony Stollars is your, your starter for a while. Uh, that's, that's kind of a tough spot for Stoli. So picking up Pickard on, on waivers, I don't know. You know, I don't know if that's going to be a long-term thing, a short-term thing. We'll see. We're waiting for Michael Neuvert to come back, and, uh, and, and I assume that when Alex Lyon is cleared to play, he'll go back to the Phantoms. Um, right. 
But I mean, Pickard's a guy who had some experience. He was a starter for a little while with, with the Avalanche. You know, he's a he's a competent goaltender. Um, certainly, he's not a a top end guy, but you know, but is a guy who can come in and get you some games in in the early part of the season. I mean, to me, Chris, this is something that has to fall in place. The Flyers can have another season, uh, whether whether it's Elliott or, or Neuvirth, where you have one guy or the other or both of them you know, are, are injury risks throughout the Bill, season. Neuvirth particularly I'll, concerns me. So I'll pick up right on that. And what I was going to say is, you know, having been around this team a lot for the last decade traveling. I'm not this year, but, you know, I've, I've got a pretty good idea how things go. And, and being a former player, the one thing you want in that goalie position, you just don't want any drama involved, whether it's, a, as you just said, and you said it best, you don't want one guy getting hurt, the next guy come in, the other guy recovers, someone gets injured, and it's just a, it's musical goaltenders. That is a position uh, that you like to have stability in in terms of what you, what you have. I mean, Brian Elliott was going – Terrific last year. From December 1st on, the Flyers had one of the better records. And he got hurt in Phoenix, uh, and then the goalie carousel started. You had guys coming up. You had Alex Lyon playing a game. Uh, you're trying to build confidence in these younger guys. At the same time, you're trying to make the playoffs. It's a really, really tough thing to deal with. And I, I think the biggest key for the Flyers this year is, first of all, A, if you can keep both guys healthy, great. Um, and if you don't, then you have to make as little noise about it as possible because it can become a distraction, and it's something that most players just do not want to deal with uh, through the course of multiple years. And that's that's really where I was at as a player, and certainly something I see now is somebody involved in the media post hockey. And, and this is something that we haven't uh, discussed, um, but I, I think the Flyers made the right move with Carter Hart. I know people want the future to start right now. No goalie in Flyers history, Flyers history, and very few in NHL history have ever jumped right from junior hockey to regular roles in the NHL. The only guy in Flyers history that ever that ever attempted to do it, they attempted to do it with was uh, you remember Max Ouellette in in uh, yeah. 2000, jumped jumped from juniors to the NHL, had a really good camp. He actually beat out Chekmanik for a job out of camp. Came in for two games and he wasn't ready yet. You know, and Max went yeah. back. And actually, those ended up being the only two games Max ever played for the Flyers. You know, and um, no, I'm not saying I mean, that the two games in the NHL at 19 were the reason he didn't pan out, but I am saying that, you know, there's a reason why most goalies, even even the very best of all time, the Hextalls, the Lindberghs, Bernie Perron, if you want to go all the way back, needed some time in the minor leagues to mature. I, I don't think Carter Hart's far away, but I, I don't think he's ready to step in under under the pressure of this market, under the pressure of the league at 20 with no with no uh, intermediate step. So I think the right step was made, giving him some minor league seasoning. Well, one thing, Bill, another, uh, it, and I agree with you on Carter Hart 100%. I think that's just a seasoning thing, and uh, I think he's going to be just fine so all the Flyer fans can relax uh, and let that young guy get some experience down there. It's, you're not seeing diff much difference in terms of what's going on the way the game's played. He'll see different type of shots in the NHL than he will down there, but uh, he'll get used to the traffic. He'll get used to the pro game down there, and I think that's going to be invaluable to, uh, to his development. One of the things that I'm sure a lot of people are hoping for, and it's something that we do a lot uh, as, as we all want to play general manager uh, and, and predict things, Bill, uh, taking a look at the league in general has been a lot of changes. Uh, you know, over the summer, things have happened. Players have moved. Eric Carlson finally gets bumped out of Ottawa. He gets sent to San Jose. I'm uh, just breaking down. I think for now, I'd just like to stay really with the Eastern Conference. 
Uh, there's a lot of teams. To me right now, when I look at, at the, the standings in this league, um, I see a possibility of 10 or 11 type playoff teams in the East. Would that be too much of a reach for you? No, I, I agree with that. You know, I, And I think that uh, I mean, the Flyers play in a, in a tough Metro division. In the, I mean, the Atlantic has, I think the Atlantic has the top teams in the conference, but then after the top four, there's a real drop off. The Detroit, Montreal, Ottawa, Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo, I think, is on the way up, but Detroit's yep. kind of treading some water. Montreal's a mess, and the less you say about Ottawa, the better, because they're really a mess. They're, uh, they're, you know, so, so I, you know, I, I think that, I think this year you could see the wild, a wild card team coming out of, coming out of the Atlantic, which would only leave one, Wild card team for the Metro. Uh, it's why it's that much more important to finish in the top three with a guaranteed spot. But I agree with you. There's there's 10, 11 teams once you once you figure in the all those Metro clubs that could potentially be in the playoffs. That's why, you know, I I think people have used uh, like Thanksgiving as a as a dividing line, and it just it tends to be. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's something like seventy percent of the teams that are in a playoff spot Thanksgiving, which doesn't sound like. Apply to the Flyers, sounds, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and the Flyers have been an exception to that a few times, but but uh, you know I, I do think that it's important to get off to a quick start. I don't think the Flyers can have another November like they had last year with the O five and five stretch and, and overcome it. I mean the Flyers were lucky enough to then have a uh, stretch of you know of, of I think it was like ten wins and eleven games there that, that kind of equalized things and, and put them back in the hunt. You know you can't do that every year. Right? You, you can't. The Flyers can't dig a hole for themselves. Um, th- as we're as we're looking at the East, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but as no, we're looking no, at the ahead, East, I, ahead, I think, ahead. yeah, I, I think that uh, you know all the hype is with Toronto. I still think Tampa Bay is the team to beat in the East, though. Yeah, and you know what? I'm just just going down the list, and I look at the at the conference here. I'm going to just give you a couple of the ones teams that made the playoffs last year that I think will be out this year. The two most likely possibilities to me are New Jersey and Columbus. Uh, they're both kind of up in the air ones for me. I'm going to say the Flyers are going to get back there, but uh, when you go down the list, you've got Boston, Carolina, Columbus, New Jersey. Florida is going to be the team that's going to, I believe that was out last year, that I guarantee is going to make it this year. I think they're going to be in. The Islanders, I don't know what that loss of Tavares will do. Montreal out. Rangers should not make it. Ottawa should not. And you got Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Tampa, Toronto, and Washington. I mean, it's going to be a really, really exciting uh, time here, but I'm, I'm going to go back to it, and I'm going to say one team, Bill, you mentioned earlier. I don't know how Washington's going to respond this year. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure if that party doesn't carry on from June uh, and that you know different coach with Barry Trotz will be a little bit of a different philosophy in there, so I don't see a repeat going on. Um, it's going to be tough, and, yes, this, is, this probably is Tampa Bay's bet based on the talent that they have uh, one of the best defensemen in the league, one of the best goaltenders in the league, and a, and a core of forwards up front who've just not gotten it done. They would be the front runner for me, um, but I do think there are teams that uh, that could be certainly interesting this year in, in the Eastern Conference. No, I, I do too, and, and actually I would pick Florida as well, the team that jumps up It wasn't in the playoffs last year. I mean, they, they barely missed as it was in the second half of the season. They were just unbelievable, and I kept waiting because they had – they had a whole stretch of basically an entire month at home, and I figured, okay, well now the stretch drive is going to hit, and they they had to go out west. They had just a just a road trip from hell facing them, and they they stayed right there till the very end. I mean that, that's that's to their credit, but shows that they they were for real. They just ran out of time, 
Um, I, I definitely think Florida's for real. You know, when, when you look at the Atlantic, um, as we were talking about Tampa Bay, uh, Boston is still a good club. I, I could see Toronto passing in the regular season. I'm still not sold on Toronto as a playoff club. I, I think their blue line it has a whole lot of question marks on it. And while I think Frederick Anderson is a good goalie, is he, uh, you know, is he a great goalie? Is he a cup goalie that's going to overcome, you know, a very average defense score in front of him? I think that's, that's an open question mark for them. Um, I look at Tampa. You mentioned the Fowler group. They have a stacked blue line, too. They do, you yeah. Know, and, and led by and Vasilevsky. Yeah, and Vasilevsky is a tremendous goaltender. I, I don't see any obvious weaknesses on, on that club. You know, of course, on the same, on the same token, you know, we talked about Washington for all those years before they broke through last year, and just something would seem to happen in the spring, have to peak at the right time. Um, but I could see, you know, I could see Toronto uh, being second, Florida third, close on hand, and, and Boston being kind of the wild card in the in the Atlantic. I think then after that, they said, I think the, everything just drops off from there in the Atlantic. It'll be interesting. The other one, too, we haven't talked about it. Definitely, it will be the pink elephant in the room all year because that's just the way it is, but... The Pittsburgh Penguins will be an interesting story as well. They had a, they looked good at times in the Flyers series, and there's times they didn't. Uh, and then they just didn't respond after a great game one against the Capitals last year, and the Capitals came storming back on them. So I would think Sidney Crosby would be pretty focused again. I think they were to try to get the three-peat last spring. But uh, something tells me with him and, and the Chicago guys, there's going to be that battle to, as to who's going to want to try to get their fourth Stanley Cup of those groups. Um and that'll be interesting, Pittsburgh. I'm not, you know, I just don't know where they're going to be at coming back every year because of the health of, of guys and, and they're an aging group of their stars up front. But they will certainly be uh, some great games again this year to watch between the Flyers and the Penguins. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's one of hockey's best rivalries. You know, I, I look at the Penguins and I, I'm not going to count them out as being a, a top of the conference team until that fall off actually happens. Um, but it might happen this year. If it doesn't happen this year, I think it's going to happen in the next year or two after that. Eventually, the bill is going to come due for all the first-round picks that they've traded to yeah, stay in contention. I, just, looking, you know? just looking very quickly here, Bill, out west. I'm, you know, again, I don't see a whole ton of change out there. The one that everybody will be looking at, of course, this year is going to be Edmonton. What happened to the Oilers last year with perhaps the best player in the game and Connor McDavid? Um, there's certain teams in Winnipeg. Nashville will be thrust again to the forefront, as will Vegas, who, again, I don't know. Vegas is a team for me that's a, a great unknown. They had a miracle season last year. I just don't know what they're going to do. Another team out west I'm looking forward to seeing is St. Louis to see what they do. They made some really big moves over the summer. Uh, St. Louis, Edmonton, and I guess Calgary and Colorado kind of make me interested a little bit too, Bill, to see where they go. And Colorado had, uh, had a great year last year. Uh, and Calgary was on the outside looking in, but are they going to be able to take another step getting James Neal in the summer at free agency? So, and Chicago will always be a question mark with those Bills big players. Kane and Taze, a disappointing year. Uh, it's going to be pretty interesting out west too. And again, it looks like about 10, 11, maybe 12 teams that could buy for that last or for the for the uh, eight spots in the West. Yeah, and, and that central division is pretty tough. I mean, uh, in some divisions, people will be talking people talking about Minnesota because they, they were a good club last year, and they're not even yeah. you know nobody even mentions them. I, I don't I don't think Minnesota is going to be coming out of the West, but I do think they're you know a real solid club, and, and they're going to be a force to to deal with in that division and that conference. Colorado had that 
big breakthrough last year and nobody kind of expected it after the year they had before that. I could see them falling off a little bit. I was surprised at St. Louis, the way St. Louis fell off the map. Um, they got off to such a great start last year. Then, then after some injuries started setting in, you know, the team kind of fell by the wayside. Um, Braden Shen had a, had a great start for the team. And then after Schwartz got hurt, you know, Braden yeah. kind of struggled for a couple months there. Um, Dallas is a team, you know, they've, uh, they found ways to underachieve the last few years. I mean, they went from Lindy Roth to Ken Hitchcock. Now, uh, now Jim Montgomery is, is head coach. Uh, they have that great top line. Um, you know, they they've added they've some talented young players on the blue line. Uh, I've I've never been a big Ben Bishop guy in goal, but they're committed to him for a number of years. Um, right. I, I think that uh, you know they they. A couple of years ago, they were scoring a ton of goals, but they were giving up a lot of goals. Uh, last year, Hitch tried to bring in, you know, his style of play and how much guys bought into it. I don't know. I don't. I don't think guys bought in all that much necessarily. And they, you know, they change coaches again. Um, it's always a question mark when you bring in a, a new coach. I mean, the Flyers dealt with it bringing in Dave Haxtell. Um, Jim Montgomery's had a lot of success in, at the collegiate level, and of course, Flyers and Phantoms fans remember him from when he was playing here. Uh, until until he gets buy-in from guys at the NHL level, we'll have to see. But they're kind of one of those those uh, X-factor teams in there, along with St. Louis. To me, though, the the pride of the division is still Nashville and Winnipeg, and I and I think what Winnipeg is a real Carl, that to me is going to be a. It, it, I know one thing with the Sharks, this is going to be their last chance with uh, you know the Joe Thorntons up front, and that that's for sure. Yeah, and you know, I, I can't even tell you how many years I got burned picking San Jose at the beginning of the year, and I yeah. swore I will never again pick San Jose because <laughs> they burned me every single time. And here I go again. I, I, I think San Jose has a shot to come out of the West, especially with that in Carlson. I mean, the, that one-two punch atop the blue line—who can match that? So. You're right. The last couple of things, Bill. Just talking to you, and I agree with you with Nashville, Winnipeg. Flyers' first opponent of the year is the Vegas Golden Knights. You know what? I have a feel that they may level off this year. I don't know why. I know they still have a lot of really good pieces there. Um, it'll certainly be interesting, again, to see if they – I guess what I'm saying is it's going to be very hard for them, I think, to match what they did last year. Well, it's really – it is hard. The, the only the only thing harder than uh, getting to the cup finals or winning the cup finals is repeating the next year. Everybody's got your circle in their calendar. You know, going into last season, I remember they, they opened in Dallas, and everybody thought, oh, it's going to be typical expansion team. You know, they'll they'll uh, get their, you know, 60-something points, and they'll, they'll draft first or second. And, you know, and very quickly, I mean, they, they beat Dallas opening night, and they showed they were, ver they were for real, and everybody kept waiting for them to fall off. They didn't. I, I do think that it's hard to capture lightning in a bottle two straight years. Um, and while I think guys like William Carlson did turn a corner and they're, they're – you know, show themselves to be quality players. Are they going to do what they did a year ago? Um, the, you know, the, they were definitely more than the sum of the parts. If you look at the roster a year ago, um, yeah. even when they, even when they lost, even when they were what, four goalies in, they were still winning. Right? That's, that, that's really hard to do year after year. I, I think that, uh, you know, I think the team's a little bit more experience and, uh, you know, and, and I think, I think a little bit more depth, a little more frontline talent uh, would be, my picks, although I'm not going to pick Vegas to miss the playoffs, but I think they're not going to. I don't think they're going to win the division either. Uh, if if I had to make a pick to come out of the West right now, 
I would say it would be Winnipeg in the West and the East. I would say uh, I would say Tampa Bay. And of course, of course, there could be surprises along the way. But I, I just I look at those two clubs and I don't see too many weaknesses. Yeah, I agree with you on Winnipeg. That's a tough, tough place to play. Um, Flyers have had done okay up there in terms of you know winning some games and keeping it close. But in terms of overall, uh, they're going to be very difficult. And you, and you know what? Uh, I'm going to go anti uh, anti Bay going right at back to the end. I think they're the best team in the Eastern Conference, but boy, they have struggled mightily in big time games, getting uh, and extending to the next round. So that's going to be uh, real big. We got an awful long way to go to get to uh, about the middle of April when they start, but uh, uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. Just so you know, uh, everybody out there, if you're listening, I will be now working for the Philadelphia Flyers, actually PhiladelphiaFlyers.com reporter as well as doing uh, several pre- and post-games uh, lives during the intermission break as well on NBC Sports Philadelphia. So as well as doing this with you, Bill, we have a lot of great stuff coming up this year that I'm really excited about. Things changed, uh, and I've certainly been able to adapt. It's going to be a lot of fun working with guys like you, Brian Smith, and, and a lot of the players having access to, uh, to the players and stuff. So I'm looking forward to a great NHL season, uh, a really uh, hopefully a successful road trip start for the Flyers. Um, and, and again, uh, I think it's going to be a pretty exciting time coming up. Absolutely. I, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun this season. You know, today we were uh, just kind of running down things, but we're going to have a lot of special guests. We're going to have a lot of fun with the show, too, as we as we get into it. So uh, we hope everyone keeps tuning on in, and uh, we're looking forward to it. So we will catch up with you next time. For Chris Terry and I'm Bill Meltzer. Thank you. Thanks again, everyone. All right.